Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of what we think is called the Babbler's Guild. Now, this is either going to be a test, or maybe not. It might be a full-on episode. I'm Luke, and I'm joined, as I will be every week, by Jamie. Hello. There he is, there's his little voice. There I his am. Little... I think, I think yeah. the Babbler's Guild could be a good one. There's a few prototypes and names, isn't there? It there depends is, how that's... well today goes as well. We'll have to do a bit. We should have done a bit of market research, really. We should have gone to like some uh, some support groups. What, 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 uh, not support groups. What, uh, test groups, research groups. I can't think of the name, but maybe we should have put it out there uh, and got some opinions. But oh well. You know, like on The Apprentice, when they have um, like focus five groups. kids in that's a room. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. A focus, it, focus group. group yes. Well, it was that kid on The Apprentice last week who spoke like he was about forty. Was it last week? The toothbrush one, I think. <laughs> yes, it was. I just he... don't oh, think it's it? for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that one who's like, I think it's cool, and they use that in all their marketing. That one kid out of two said it was cool. And about fifty percent said it was a cool toothbrush. Well, I noticed one girl did put her hand up when they said, would you buy this? And then she looked round and saw no one else had the hand up and quickly put it down. And I yes, thought, she did. Well, that's the limitation of focus groups for children, I suppose, is the peer pressure involved. But uh, it was it was entertaining nonetheless. Uh, well, I did notice when she put her hand up, the, um, it was the, she like sort of glanced at the two girls in front of her. And as soon as they turned around, they she bolted straight down. So I think she's a bit embarrassed that she'd buy that. Like, oh, may- maybe I shouldn't brush my teeth with something that looks like a uh, a lump of poo. It was awful. Like, who, like, thumbsed up that design? It's awful. Absolutely horrendous. Anyway, um, this show is primarily going to be about, I assume, maybe games. And we'll have a big section at the beginning for now. And then we're probably going to open it up to smaller sections as time goes on. I think that's what we sort of decided upon the other week, isn't it? I think, to be honest, most of it, as you said, is going to be like ad lib, really. We're just going to, yeah. we'll, we'll have a clear structure of what we want to talk about, and then it's just going to divert off into goodness knows what. Um, but yeah, hopefully there can be some overarching themes, and uh, yeah, go from there. <laughs> Honestly. What a time to be alive. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> so, I think we should start with, because it's relatively early in the year, with sort of like the games that are coming out this year, because both Jamie and I, were very big gamers, aren't we? Yeah, and there's there's so much coming out this year. I think, um, given the ordeal that I had getting a PS5, which is a chat for another day, <laughs> Um, I'm really keen to start, you know, playing some next gen titles finally because I think it, there, there's been a few, hasn't there? But for the most part, it's just been playing the PS4 titles with slightly improved performance, where they've done like, you know, where, they, where they've upgraded it to PS5 standard, and um, it will be nice to see some games that actually really push what the PS5 can do. I think. Yeah, it is because I mean, at the moment, I'm playing um, Ghost of Tsushima, the PS5 edition so it's 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 not been like fully remade but it's sort of the textures have been a bit up res there's like the haptic feedback in the controller when you like when you're chopping some mongols legs off you get a, get a little nice little <laughs> rumble in the controller it's pretty good um sort of like the effects so maybe the blood effects and stuff's been maybe a bit heightened but it, it genuinely looks better now i remember when it came out on ps4 and I was so impressed at the load times. I know this was a massive thing when it came out that even for a PS4 title so late 
in the sort of console's lifespan to fast travel on the PS4, it took about two seconds to load the entire world back in. But on the PS5, it doesn't even like go black. It's sort of you go onto the map and then you click fast travel and then the map closes and you're there. It's, it's insane, incredible. It? Yeah, it's incredible. Like it's instantaneous. It's madness. Well, that's that's something that I noticed with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is when I was initially playing it, it was on the PS4 and half the time if you needed to go from i don't know cambridge up to up to havian's wall you're better off just doing whatever five kilometers it was on the map obviously scaled down um because the fast travel was taken i think i timed it once and i want to say it was 47 seconds oh that's so too long by the time that you've sat waiting staring at a black screen you may as well have just enjoyed the scenery to be honest whereas <laughs> yeah, you might as, as soon well. as i upgraded it to the ps5 even the ps4 version on the ps5 because i carried on on that there uh, for completion took about eight seconds and then when i went to the ps5 version it was taking about sort of five or six seconds right. which is obviously quite a big inbus what about eight times eight nine times faster yeah around so, that. yeah much much happier with that it's very good um i think we should crack on with this list so i've got yeah. a relatively small list of 29 of the probably hundreds of games that are coming out this year but i sort of picked almost 30 of the ones that are sort of not stand out. There's a few in here. Well, there's quite a few in here that I probably won't even get. I've highlighted probably about 12 out of all of these, but some of them are not PS exclusive because we're sort of mainly PlayStation, aren't we? And maybe well, a little yeah. bit PC here I and mean, there. I mean, most of them are getting bought up by, uh, well, is it Xbox or Microsoft? It's Microsoft, isn't it? Microsoft, yeah. Um, but they'll be hopefully not Xbox exclusives because seeing Crash Bandicoot um, go over to Xbox or, or to Microsoft, I should say. But let's be honest, it's going to be Xbox. That that breaks my heart a little bit. Um, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot's been one of the, uh, I suppose, trademarks for PlayStation, hasn't it? One of the sort of flagship games. Yeah, it's and like one of the um, yeah. original mascots, wasn't it? For PlayStation. It was, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, bit got in on that that <laughs> on that front, but hopefully we'll still get access to any future games that come out. Yeah, it's just like literally the only one that I'm like super gutted about is if um, Elder Scrolls Six doesn't come out like cross platform because like Skyrim is genuinely one of my favorite games. That's a very cliche thing to say, and a lot of people are like, oh, Skyrim's my favorite game, but genuinely. <laughs> I have sunk in more hours into that game than probably any other game that I've ever owned. And I don't know why, but just there's something about that nice little gameplay loop and the world that always brings me back every single time. Like, at least once a year, I'll play through the main campaign and, like, max out a character at least once a year. Was that something that first came out just on Xbox, The Elder Scrolls, or was it released cross-platform? I think Skyrim. it's always been. It's they've always been cross cross platform. Um, originally, they were on just PC, if I remember correctly, and then some of them was PC, Xbox, um, and then yeah, Skyrim's was cross platform, and then it's been released right. for every. I had in my head every, for some reason yeah. it was just out on Xbox when it first came out. I don't know why I had that. I, I, this is again probably a discussion for another time and it's probably going to get me a lot of backlash but I've not played <laughs> Skyrim I have played Skyrim, I've been on it I've I've put maybe about an hour's time into it playing on other people's consoles I have never sat and played through Skyrim 
Um, it's something that's that I... Do, do you know what? I probably won't just go and do it. When Elder, Six Scroll, uh, Elder Scrolls 6 comes out, I'll probably play that. And then I'll be like, right, I should probably go back and play the others. But I think until then, it's one of those things that I always regret never getting into it. But I think... Yeah, I'll probably wait for a new one, and then I'll be more invested to go back and play. Uh, obviously, what's an older game, um, which is mad to say. It's an old it is game. mad to it's say. Really, it came out. It? Came out. Well, yeah. I mean, it came out um, two thousand and eleven. Eleventh of the eleventh, two thousand eleven. I'm pretty sure. Ah, yeah. So it's so like just, just over ten years old then. Yeah. So it's it's like a decade. Okay. So it's a pretty old game, but obviously it's been re released. A million times, so yeah. and there's so many mods on PC as well that basically make it a real new game, which is really good. Well, the only things I know are the bit when you wake up at the beginning, if the finally you're awake is obviously a ah uh, yes, and something about attacking chickens and that you shouldn't do it. Yes, every time you attack a chicken, no matter where you are, the guards will just absolutely pounce on you if you accidentally hit a chicken. So say if you do a just some form of fireball spell that explodes and it does some splash damage on a chicken, you're just going to get a bounty on you immediately and the guards are going to come and arrest you. That sounds really, really annoying, to be honest. Um, that that sounds is. like it's really stressful. But only if you're in a city. If you're outside of the city and you kill a chicken, ah. nobody cares. So no fireball spells in the city, basically, and you're all good. Yeah, just don't shoot any NPCs <laughs> unless you're doing assassin missions, and then you're probably going to need to, or you annoy someone by pickpocketing them briefly, and then you've got to kill them. But apart from that, I think you'd be okay. Okay, might have to give it a try at some stage. It's on the list. It'll 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 get done eventually. Like I said, it'll probably be when I eventually play Elder uh, Elder Scrolls Six. I don't know why I can't say Elder Scrolls. <laughs> when I play that, <laughs> I'll probably backtrack and then. The same way I played Valhalla, and I'd skipped a few Assassin's Creed, and I went back to Odyssey, and I've, I, I need to finish that. But I tend to play play a game that gets me back into a series, and then I think, oh, I'm going to go play the old ones. Yeah, I think it's... I, I, um, wow, voice crack. Um, I um, <laughs> felt the same with um, Assassin's Creed as well, because we were playing um, Valhalla at the same time, weren't we? We were. We were pretty much yeah. neck and neck racing to the finish, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, we were. And then... <laughs> After I played that, I went back and bought um, the Ezio trilogy and played through those, and it just sort of made me want to go back and sort of not right relive the good old days, which is a weird sentence to say, but it's obviously a different format than the games are now, and it's nice to go back. And weirdly, I did feel like even though the new games are fully open world, like especially like Odyssey and Valhalla, it's they sort of are still similar like those storied lines and like the mechanics and it's all there but Even they've the just expanded quite similar aren't they yeah they are it's but the it's yeah. all the same stuff but they've just wanted to open it up to a wider audience and give people basically more, more bang for their book well i think that's it because you could blast through one of the old assassin's creeds in what 10 hours maybe if you wanted to probably um, yeah if, if you just focused on the story and, and rushed through it, whereas I think the story on Valhalla alone takes at least 50 hours. Oh, probably more. And that's more. if you like, are running it. You probably you need to invest time in the side missions to level up. It's more RPG, isn't it? Yeah, so it is. I think, because we, we both got the Platinum Trophy and 100%ed it, I think I logged something like 120 hours to do that. And then there's yeah. obviously more for the DLC. 
which is, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, something that, that might come up as well, talking about the, the DLC. Is that on your plans for later on? That, that is um, last on the list, so we'll, uh, we'll definitely list. get back we'll to back Assassin's back. Creed. But anyway, um, let's go to number one. So I've put it down. Um, I haven't played one of these games. Well, I have. The last one I played was Pokemon Sword. Um, however, I got rid of my Switch because um, I just never played it. I bought it specifically to play Luigi's Mansion 3. And then it just so happened that around the time I bought it, Pokemon Sword came out. So I bought that. But I think before that, it was like the original Pearl that I played on Nintendo okay. DS. Yeah, that I was the last one Pokemon... that I played. Oh, it was either Diamond or Pearl. I want to say it was Pearl. I had it on DS. That was the last one. That's the last one that I've played. Was that the yeah. one with, I can't think what it's called, the legendary Pokemon? I don't remember what it's called. But I anyway, there's... Pearl, but yeah. There's a new Pokemon coming out, which is called Pokemon Legends, and I think it's pronounced Arceus, Arceus, it's A-R-C-E-U-S. Um, it's a bit different, it's not um, It's not like a normal Pokemon game, it's what I think I remember is it's, you're creating the very first Pokedex. Okay. So it's like sort of you going around capturing all these different Pokemon and adding to the very first Pokedex and creating it throughout the story, and that's what the story's based on. It looks interesting, um, but obviously I won't get it because I haven't got a Switch. But it just looks like a fresh take, and it's fully open world as well. Not like um, That's good. Sword was partially open world. It sort of had zones, but this is like full-on go where you want. I think that's that's where, for me, Pokemon needs to develop. I don't know what the most recent mm. ones have been like, but for years, and I first played the the original, uh, well, I had Pokemon Yellow, so I suppose it wasn't the original, but my brother had Pokemon Blue. I've been playing it since I was then, uh, that, since, since that one came out. I've been playing it since that one came out. And it's always been the same in the sense that you, oh, you, you choose between three starter Pokemon, you go from town to town, leveling up, catching more, unlocking new abilities, like, you know, you fly, you cut, you, you swim, and then dive, I think, came in in Sapphire and Ruby. But you'd go through town to town, you'd get all the, the badges for beating the gym bosses, and then you would go to the Elite Four. It was always that, wasn't it? That, that was always the story. And there'd be some two rival factions fighting, and that would factor in. So I think you had like Magma and Aqua and Ruby and Sapphire is the one I remember most. Ruby's the one I played the most. There'd be a couple of legendary Pokemon. One of them would be part of the story to catch it. The others would just roam. It was it was very it was good because every generation got better, but it did get a bit samey after a while, I suppose. So if if the Legends has more of a story to it, where the objective is not just to have gym badges and beat the Elite Four, I think that would be really good to see. I know there have been others at like Pokemon Coliseum is obviously a bit different. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it does look interesting. Like like you were saying, they do sort of get a little bit samey every now and again. Like I, I think the last one that I really, really sunk my teeth into a really like playing was Emerald, and that's still class. Probably Pokemon Emerald as one of my favourite games. I absolutely loved Emerald with like Rayquaza, which was um, yes. the legendary Pokemon. Yeah, it was great, really good. I think I had that, you know. I think I had Ruby and Emerald. I'm sure I did. Yeah, because do you remember, that's what they used to do. They used to release the core too, so they released um, Sapphire and Ruby. And then yeah. I think it was like two years later, they released like the new one that was Emerald. So it was like, oh, it's it's got a few new Pokemon and a new Legendary, but it's the that's same it. game. 
That's what I they used to do. I didn't have Emerald. The reason I thought I did is I know it had Rayquaza on the front, and I had Rayquaza on Ruby. Because you had to right, go through okay. the tower, didn't you, with the bike through all the yes. cracks in the floor to get yes, to Yes, you do. I remember yes. that. But I had Pokemon Crystal. I had Pokemon Yellow. In the next generation, right. I had Pokemon Silver and Pokemon Crystal, which was the one, obviously, that that's like the special one with the special Pokemon. Um, and then I had Ruby. And then I don't think I played... Was it Fire Red and something after that? And Leaf well, Green, sure. I think. I don't remember. Anyway, that was as far as I got. And then I played Pokemon Diamond or Pokemon Pearl. And that's, that's all I've really played. But yeah, be, is it like a this new one? Is it like a 3D open world? or? Yeah, 3D open world. Like, like I said, um, Sword and Shield were vaguely 3D open world. But it wasn't like, oh, you can go where you want and there's like, all these side missions and stuff. It was sort of go around battling Pokemon. It's the normal fair, but a 3D world. And that was sort of really nice. But it was, um, I think this will sort of expand on it in a really nice way. Maybe going a well, I suppose it's always had an RPG element to Pokemon in the sense that you can choose which ones you have, you can level them up, but maybe it's going even more so that you do have more side missions that you can do. And I mean, um, hopefully, like, I've only watched a little bit of gameplay, but like obviously, when it releases, which is fairly soon, I think, um, okay. I'll probably try and watch a bit more. Anyway, number two is now I don't know if I'm actually going to get this one, so I've, I've all the ones that I'm going to get in bold so I remember um, but Dying Light 2 ooh that it's played number one. 1 I I had number 1 I think I might even still have it I never got into it I thought I really mm. would because I, I love zombie games I used to play well I used to play a lot of Call of Duty zombies in particular I've sunk days worth of time into that starting from World at War all the way up to the current one, which unfortunately isn't as good. But I got Dying Light a few years ago thinking, oh, I'll play this, I'll really get into it. It's got parkour elements. And I just got really bored, like, really quickly. I don't know why. I just... Maybe I just didn't give it enough of a chance. But I look at Dying Light 2 and I think, this looks pretty cool. It, it looks really good. So, I'm again, I'm on the fence whether I get it or not. Yeah, I am. I... I remember when I was playing the first one, I remember enjoying it, but I, there was nothing that sort of left me the feeling, oh, I want to go back. Yeah, it felt a bit empty to me, or a bit unfinished almost. Yeah, so I think that's probably why I'm not particularly excited. But anyway, that's out in February, if you, if you want it. Potentially. We'll see what, Potentially. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the reviews are like first, maybe. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's good because the it's the whatever it's called Dead Island devs in it. So yeah, so it should be pretty solid. Um, number three is Horizon Forbidden West. Now I haven't put this one in bold, even though I've played Horizon Zero Dawn and I've platinumed it. I spent so long on that game during um, our nice time in lockdown, um, and I platinumed it, and it was. A great game, but I'm not sort of chomping at the bit to go out and go and buy this game immediately, and I don't know why. Like it looks fantastic, so obviously it's a PS5 exclusive, and it, I, I doubt it'll get a um, PC release anytime soon because it took years to get one for the original. But yeah, it looks good, but I don't know if there was anything about the first one making me want to come back 
to sort of Aloy's story, and I don't know really why that is. Hmm. I mean, I can't comment on it too much because again, it's not one that I've got round to play, and I feel like I missed yeah. a whole wave of RPGs. Uh, is it an RPG or is it a bit more? Yeah, it's an RPG. So it's it's very story driven, but it's also RPG. Um, it's got like hunting elements, crafting. You, um, your um, what are they called? Loadouts, outfits, and stuff. You got to craft them and everything. But it's um, if you don't know, or if anybody listening doesn't know, it's um, basically set in the very far flung future of Earth, and basically like robot dinosaurs have taken over. Okay. And everybody's sounds, sort of reverted. Sounds interesting. It sounds like yeah. an interesting concept. Yeah, and everyone's sort of gone back to being like cavemen-ish, but it's all technology-based, and they've all got like bows and arrows and everything. And um, and you run away, run around, run around, uh, like ruined cities that are all overgrown, um, which you can easily identify. Like the new one is set in like San Francisco, and it's like the Golden Gate Bridge is still there. So it's good. It's it's good detailed world but there's just nothing for some reason bringing me back to it i think as well there's so many games that you both of us know that we want that we're looking forward to that are on our list and we'll pre-order them and get them straight away which again i'm sure we'll come on to that it's hard to then think am i going to get this one am i going to find the time to play it you know is is it going to be worth the the financial investment alongside all the other games to buy (laughs) Uh, there's a lot of things that again it's one of those that I'll see the reviews if it drops down a year later in price I'll probably pick it up then but yeah I'm not really compelled to get that one yeah same but talking about um, games that um, we're going to absolutely jump at Elden Ring now I think I've just blown my mic out because I went really close there but um, (laughs) I am an absolutely massive From Software fan, like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, everything is just, it's just all, it's just all for me, it's like, it's fantasy, it's like, relatively difficult, um, and it's all, it's like, it's basically, um, I find them very rhythm-based, because obviously you learn the patterns of the bosses. And you go to that rhythm and you wait for a gap and it's sort of like a rinse and repeat system. But this is just, it looks just so, just like a really good fresh take. That's sort of a combination of everything they've made in the past and put into one game. But then at the same time, it's completely open world, which is crazy because all the other games have been... These linear games, or relatively linear games with a few side areas or side bosses, but... The main path is very straightforward to follow, and you fight this boss, you fight these enemies, you fight this boss, and then eventually you get to the big bad guy right at the end. But this is, you can run into bosses all the time because it's open world. So you could go to an area where you're completely underleveled and find like a boss that you shouldn't be fighting until the very end of the find game, out the which hard is. Way. <laughs> yeah, definitely find out the hard way. I mean, you usually do in these games, but um, I feel like you find out even harder in this one. Um, but yeah, I. I love From Software and everything they do, and like when they originally announced the Demon Souls remake, even though it was Blue Point Games at FromSoft who made it for PS5, like I absolutely lost and my brain melted and came out my nose. Um, <laughs> it was honestly, honestly amazing. That is, it's weird because obviously From Software made the original Demon Souls and then Blue Point remade it, but. 
out of that whole sort of myriad of Souls games, that Demon Souls remake is my favourite one because it's so beautiful and it's so lovingly well made as well. It's just so nice to play. And but yeah, I'm incredibly excited for Elden Ring, which is out. February twenty fifth. Yeah, combat though that makes it really, isn't it, in those kind of games. Like you said, it's the rhythm of it. It's quite therapeutic in a way to think I'm actually in a really hard boss fight here and it's you know, but if I stick to his strategy, this pattern, I'm gonna get through it. I think that that's it, what I quite like. When you defeat a massive boss as well. The games where you're tiny and there's big bosses or, or they're you know, oh, yeah. strength on you and you somehow beat them, you feel really good about yourself when you get through it. You do, and I think especially with these games, like with the cooperation element as well, like you can summon people in to the game with some jolly cooperation, um, and it's just nice to play, be playing this game and you're stuck at a boss and you're like, oh, for God's sake, I'm going to be spending that all week on this boss, I just can't do it, and then you see this summon sign pop up and you're like, oh, I can bring in a friend, and you summon someone <laughs> who's actually playing the game, and you're playing together to fight this boss, and it's just, it's so good, and I know there's some people who don't like to bring in people to defeat bosses and stuff, because they might think it's cheating, or something, but it's not, like, I love trying to fight those bosses on my own, and if I can do it, good, like, it's a sense of achievement you get, but... I equally love going into those games and every single boss just summoning someone to help me because it's just nice because obviously they want to help you, you want to help them and you do get this really nice sense of community with the games as well. Yeah, that's got to be good. Sometimes it's one of those things though, like you want to give it a go but when you think actually it's really hard, you're like, okay, yeah, I want the sense of achievement but at the same time I want to get past it and play the rest of the game. <laughs> so yeah. you, have to, you have to sort of uh, pick your battles sometimes quite literally, don't you? Oh, you definitely do. Um, I've put Jamie in big capital letters next to this one because it's coming out in March, and it's Gran Turismo Seven. That yeah, so that's that's sort of one of mine that I'm definitely going to be. I'm probably going to pre-order it later tonight, actually. So I've not actually played a Gran Turismo game since Gran Turismo Three on the PS2. I'll admit that, but I've really gotten into motorsport in the last sort of year or so. And I've, been, I've put so many hours, I've put about 300 hours, I think, into Formula 1 2021 since it came out, uh, since it came out in July, I want to say. I want to say it was July. And it would be nice to actually have a bit of experience. Gran Turismo, you're not just driving Formula 1 cars, you're driving like cars that they'll use in, in GT. So uh, my understanding of this game is there's a lot of freedom to create your own car, use it here online within uh, like a career mode, and that you can upgrade the car, you can purchase parts for it. And essentially really customise it and make your own. That's the impression that I'm getting from from what I've seen. They've got some really iconic tracks coming. And and graphically, they released a bit of footage the other day. It looks really good. Um, You know, really looking forward to some next-gen driving. Especially for myself with a a simulator set up with wheel and pedals. It's going to be great. Uh, Definitely going to have to get a gear shifter for that. But yeah, I think visually it looks really good. I'm hoping the game plays smooth. I don't think many people have got their hands on it yet. So... Not too much feedback there, but they are adding quite a lot of circuits, um, and it should just make for some real. It's, it's a simulator essentially; it's a racing simulator. That's that's the best way to put it. So, that's coming out in March. Can't wait for it. Yeah, I think the last one I played was, I think it was GT Five on the PS3, and I only bought that because there was a um, go kart mode in it. And that's the only reason why I bought it, and I 
used to absolutely play that until like it was worn out and I just, it was great and I I don't know if the go-karts were in Gran Turismo 7 but if they are sure. then I might be in <laughs> potentially it wouldn't surprise me they're probably going to add quite a lot to it but you know I've been playing other games like driving games so things like Wreckfest um, mm-hmm. was good uh, recently I've, I've just platinum today Dirt 5 got, got the yes you did didn't you? driving a thousand miles that was a pain in the backside, uh, but I think they're a little bit cartoony. Games like Wreckfest and, and Dirt Five, mm. they're a little bit exaggerated. Um, so to have essentially more of a simulator, the only the only issue with Gran Turismo, unless they're changing it, is you don't tend to get much damage on the cars. That's not simulated well. Right. So okay. If you are to crash, if you're to hit you know the side of a track, it doesn't necessarily reflect too well in the game in terms of car performance i mean formula one the formula one games do that to an extent you can get wing damage side pod damage you can your tire degradation starts to go so that's quite good at simulating damage and things like that but that's my only i suppose complaint with what i understand the previous gran turismos is the the damage simulation isn't quite there but sometimes if you're in online lobbies with maybe people that don't know how to race clean or aren't very good (laughs) it helps to have the damage off because if they crash into you at the start then that's your race done Whereas if, if damage is off or there is less damage, you can get away with it and you can be like, right, okay, you've hit me, but I'm okay. I'll get past you and see you later, son. See you later, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a Max Verstappen quote. <laughs> don't don't hold me to it. I'm sure that was when he passed Hamilton uh, at Imola last year. <laughs> um, next is... Now, I've got this one in bold as well because um, I am... A massive Borderlands fan, um, and it's Tiny Tina's Wonderland that comes out on the twentieth of March. Um, have you played Borderlands? I haven't even. We've never spoken about Borderlands. The only Borderlands I've played, I feel like I've played nothing that we're talking about. Today. <laughs> the only Borderlands I've played is half of the Tales uh, Telltale games. Oh right, uh, Tales okay. from the Borderlands. I, right. I keep seeing it appearing in the PS Store. I actually nearly bought the the collection for Borderlands today. But I don't really know too much about it. I know the graphics are a little bit cartoony. Is that right? They have like a strange effect to them, or is that just in the Telltale games? No. So yeah. So all the games are cell shaded. Um, so they basically look as good as the. They'll always look great. Like they always look great. Yeah. Cause they've got the same art style. Um, no, they're good. Um, Borderlands One is obviously the, the classic, but it's not refined it's um it's a bit messy a bit rough around the edges but it's still good don't get me wrong final boss is completely disappointing um but it's a good game all around um borderlands 2 is basically absolutely perfection in the game it's this big open world um first person shooter rpg with so much loot so many bright colours, incredible enemies, an incredible story, incredible villain. It's amazing. Um, and then there's Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which not a lot of people like, um, which is basically set on a moon. Um, so there's like this whole gravity, oxygen system that you need to be aware of. So in all the other games, you have your shield and your health, but in this one, you have your shield, your health, and an oxygen supply. So when you're out of an atmosphere running around on the moon, you need to be aware of how much oxygen you've got left and go to a zone to replenish this energy. It's I really like the pre-sequel, but um, then they released Borderlands 3, which was fine. It was way too big. 
in my opinion. Every single... So it was based on about six different planets, but each planet okay. was about the size of Borderlands 2. It was way oh, so too it's big. Just a bit too much. It was a lot. I almost didn't finish it. I did finish it and almost platinumed it, but um, my trophies broke. Um, so I couldn't platinum it. I need one trophy <laughs> on it. Um, but for some reason, um, all the discoverable locations don't work on my version of the game. So that's brilliant. Um, anyway, oh, this Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, um, just digressing there slightly. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is based off of a DLC from Borderlands 2, um, which is called Tiny Teeters, Tiny Teeters, Tiny Tinas. I think Assault on Dragon Keep. I think it's called that. And basically, it's the cast and crew of Borderlands Two playing basically Dungeons and Dragons. Right. And yeah, and so basically, instead of it being all aliens and stuff, you're fighting like wizards and skeletons and stuff, but you've still got these crazy okay. guns. Um, and Tiny Tinas Wonderlands is basically that DLC made into a full game um and it looks absolutely incredible it's it looks amazing like you have um these little chibi versions of all the characters running around a tabletop and then that's how you go into different zones but then it's the classic borderlands formula of like run gun loot and shoot and it, it just look it looks fantastic it looks amazing it's nice when they take it like an idea or something smaller from a game and then people like it so they expand it further i, I like yeah, when developers do that because it is like the best thing that 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 is about borderlands is that one dlc it's like one of the best and everybody loves it and it's so good that they've just found it and took it and put it into a game i mean it's a shame that um ubisoft don't make far cry blood dragon into a full game um but anyway that's a that's a topic for another day um, <laughs> it is indeed, yeah. uh, it is um anyway number seven um, is something that we probably both can't play as well but i thought it was interesting um it's a new kirby game have you ever played a kirby Ooh, game i <laughs> yes um kirby air ride on the nintendo gamecube <laughs> right okay <laughs> the story behind that i had some friends there there were there was a set of twins that are in my school year and they had a brother who was a couple of years older and i used to go around they lived just across the road when i was younger and i used to go around their house quite a lot just to play and stuff and they had kirby air ride on the gamecube and we'd have we'd have all four of us playing so the tv would be split into quarters so that was awful but we never actually played the game properly we there was just one mission on this big open world and it had like a volcano part. It had a parking lot. There was like a um, an underground base. There was different sections to the map, like different elemental regions and things. And they had in this parking lot in the middle every vehicle that was on the game. And some of them would like speed things that you could just ride really quickly. Some of them were powerful and you could take out others and destroy them. So it was like a bit of a battle royale almost, I guess. And some of them could fly. So we'd start and we'd run to four separate corners. We'd decide who was going to make their base where. <laughs> it made a game out of it. So someone might be like underneath the volcano in the little bit that's in there. And then we'd also right go and you'd run to the middle, get a, get a vehicle, take it back to yours, park it, run back there, get another. And then we'd all try and get the best collection. Then we'd just like fly into each other and crash into people. And That's the only Kirby I've played. That, that is the only Kirby that I've played. That sounds great. great. So, so what was it called? Sorry, that game. Kirby Air Ride. Kirby Air Ride. I've never heard of Kirby Air Ride. It was on Game. Great. I'm sure it was GameCube. It was. Oh, it was just mental. 
<laughs> it was absolutely mental. Um, and it, this Madness. game is a little bit like this sort of trend of making open world stuff. So I'm not sure if it's entirely open world, but it's called Kirby and the Forgotten Land. And it looks like mm. a more fully rounded, opener version. It's like a fully 3D, it's not 2D side-scroll or anything. It's a full world that you can run around as Kirby. Um, just put it in there because, you know, people bloody love Kirby, don't they? Yeah. It's like a interesting. Uh, probably, Again, we thing. probably won't get it, but it's interesting. But it's on there, that's yeah. A, that's a throwback for me anyway. Yeah, um, anyway, I'm just, you know, I'm going to move on. I don't have anything more to say about Kirby. Um, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> uh, no, um, there's a game which I thought looked interesting. Now, this was really, it was first teased, at, um, I think it was the Xbox conference um, last year sometime, um, and it is an Xbox PC exclusive. Well, it's an Xbox no. timed exclusive, I'm, I think. Um, it's called Redfall, um, and it's an open world vampire game, and it's like a shooter. And it looks, the trailer okay. looked good. It was sort of like this cool animation with these really cool characters, and it was sort of drenched in this purple light and these really cool guns and it just it looked like a pretty good game but anyway that's something that's coming out this year which looks good but i will never play unfortunately <laughs> same here most likely there was that vampire game i think called vampire that was free on the playstation plus store oh yes i never was yes. playing that no I, I saved it to my library but i never i mean i do that with a lot of games on there i'll get them in the you library never know when you might see someone play it and think oh i'll give that a go and then exactly. it's like 40 quid and you've missed your chance no, no. Like I got um, what was it the other month? It was Mortal Shell, which was sort of a um, dark, it was a Soulsborne-esque game. Um, it's incredibly hard. I'm trying to do a platinum run in one playthrough, where basically you've got to go from start to finish without using any shells. And the oh, shells wow. are you go in and put the armor on, and it makes your health bigger, but you're slower. Yeah, I downloaded it and I played it for about ten minutes, and I thought this is too hard. I got hit once and died, and I didn't play it again. Yeah, so you've got to complete the game basically without getting hit. Um, right. I've done about half of it with the aid of a guide, um, but I've just never picked it up in about a, a couple of months because there's like other games that I got um, and started playing. But anyway, Redfall is coming out sometime. But um, number nine is also in bold because I love this franchise and I hope, I hope that this reboot, soft reboot, remake or whatever the hell it is, is good, and it's Saints Row. Oh, yes. I hope it's good. Like, I loved Saints. Saints Row 3 is incredible. Get Out yeah. of Hell was quite good I as well. I was going to say, Get Out of Hell, I actually really enjoyed. Yeah, that's great. that in a day. Um, oh, did you? See, I was going to go for the Platinum for some reason. I never did. And I know you can re-download it on the PS5, so I might do that and just go for the Platinum on it. It might just to get that plan. Just out of interest, because this nearly put me off. There is a trophy where you need to play for like so many hours with someone. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't realize. And I that. just got someone to jump in, and we both went AFK for a few hours. Oh, so I don't know popped, if that was the right. one, maybe that you haven't got, just because no one else had it at the time. I don't know. I don't know. I got it like the date released, and I loved it. Yeah, but I got it when yeah. it was free. On the oh, store, oh, so yes, I still it have was. it. Yes. So we can always revisit that. But that was very fun. Once you unlocked yeah, all the abilities and things and you were really overpowered, just flying around. Um, yeah. Really, really fun game. Because I'll, um, I'll check my trophies and see if there is a sort of like two 
two-player trophy to get. Um, but this new Saints Row, it's not set in like the regular cities, is it? It's sort of in a deserty Mexico, maybe looking South American-looking place potentially. I haven't seen too much. I've seen the new one advertised, and I'm quite interested in it. But I've not, yeah. I've not seen too much about it other than that, unfortunately. Yeah, just some gameplay, and it looks pretty good. It looks pretty similar to Saints Row Three, which is why it's incredibly promising. Um, so it's got all the weird stuff, obviously, where you like stop a car and you just fly in through the windscreen, and the other person flies yeah. out. It's got all that stuff in it, but it just looks like oh, a great. a new, fresh lick of paint's been put onto Saints Row, which is a the ragdoll um, physics were always good, weren't they? Oh, they were great. Oh, it's so good. Especially I'm sure there was, was a mode um, where you had to like ragdoll and get more points on get out of hell. Yes, there was. It was on some ragdoll or something. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's called like insurance claim or something. Um, yes, and there was a trophy was where you had to hit. You had to bounce off five vehicles without touching the oh, floor. There was. Yes, I remember that trophy. Yeah. Oh, great! God, the the, the memories. <laughs> my word. Um, next number ten is um, a game that was slightly sad that I'm never going to get to play because obviously you were saying earlier on about Microsoft buying up all the big boys um, and earlier on this year they bought Bethesda I said I was very sad about um, whatever it's called Elder Scrolls which I'm still very sad about but I'm also very slightly sad I only say slight because there's been no gameplay of um, Starfield which is I think Bethesda's first new IP in a very very long time okay. I'm pretty sure it is like a very long time it's basically Skyrim and Fallout but in space yeah that's interesting that sounds because I've, I've played a bit of Fallout obviously not played Skyrim as we discussed earlier I've played a bit of Fallout 3 and 4 never fully got into them but if it was in space I probably would yeah, there isn't any gameplay for it as well, and that's why I'm sort of tentative to say I'm excited for it. But at the moment, that is Xbox PC exclusive, oh. unfortunately. But I genuinely think it would be the stupidest move not to release like some half of these games on PS as well. Like, imagine if like they don't release the next Call of Duty on PlayStation. Like last last year. The best-selling game of the year was the new Call of Duty on PS5. Like, not on Xbox or PC. It was the best-selling game of the year was Call of Duty on PS5. So why would Xbox A lot lot of hardcore gamers have gone for the PS5, haven't they? If they were able to get one on release. They went for the PS5 because the exclusives at the time were arguably, for a lot of people, better on PlayStation. Which means that if if you're buying up all these firms, I mean, quite a lot of people, PlayStation's the stock is still, you know, it's, you, you have to be alert and, and be there within a few minutes. But they're not as hard. If you want one, that you can get one now, basically. If, if yeah. you do a little bit of research and say, okay, I just need to follow this page on Twitter or get this app and it will tell me when there's stock. And if I'm there within five minutes, you're okay. So I think a lot of people are going to have a console. At the, the time that they should have bought these was before the console was released. <laughs> Because yeah, now they've no, basically yeah. got no choice but to release them on PlayStation, or they're losing a huge, huge chunk of the market. They are, and that's that's quite sad as well that they're losing out on that. But obviously, like they're releasing like God of War and Horizon on PC, so obviously PlayStation must have 
some form of connection with Microsoft, possibly, if my logic dictates any truth there. Maybe there was a bit of a deal that we don't know about there. Okay, well, yeah, if you're buying these, we'll, we'll release our titles, our exclusives on God of War. We'll release that on PC, on Xbox, if you do the same with your titles for PlayStation. Yeah, because obviously they own just, like, nearly everything. But, I mean, Activision realistically don't release incredible games, do they? It's sort of like it's the Not games anymore, for the unfortunately, ma- no. Games for the masses, let's say. Yeah, well, Call of Duty, uh, you know, this is probably the game I've put more time into over the years. I've been playing that for about 15 years now. Yeah. Um, it's... <sighs> Call of Duty's Call of Duty. I'll always play it. I'll always get it. I always will. Uh, you know, I'm too invested in the franchise to not... I don't know if it's just because I'm maturing and it's not as fun as it was when I was younger, or if it's because there's just other things I want to play, but I don't put nearly as much time into it now. And there are times that I'm playing it, and within a few minutes I just want to get off. So, yeah. I think there's some. I read that there's now more people on Twitch streaming people sleeping than <laughs> watching people stream in Vanguard, Call of Duty Vanguard. God. So, they're finding literally watching someone sleep more entertaining. I mean, I don't know what that says about the people that are on Twitch. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a different, just a different demographic. Different story altogether. <laughs> You'd think that a game would do a little bit better, especially one that's usually as big as Call of Duty. Yeah, I I sort of fell out of love, if you were, with um, Call of Duty quite a while ago. Like I, I think the last one I bought was, I think it was, I played Black Ops, and then was it Modern Warfare 3 after that? And uh, I played yes, that, was, yeah. and then I think I might have played Advanced Warfare, and then I didn't play any of them until World War 2, which I relatively liked. I liked how that was sort of set up, and I played that for a while, and then I haven't had one since then. Um, Not to say I haven't thought any of them looked good, because Vanguard, when that was sort of being advertised and there was gameplay and everything, it it sort of did catch my eye. But I think for me, because like you were saying, maybe maturing, getting onto different games and stuff, it's, it's such a time sink to put into it and I know yeah. obviously we're going to talk about Valhalla later on where we both put 100 plus hours in um, but I'd much rather put 150 hours into an RPG than an online shooter yeah no I'd agree uh, it just gets a bit samey after a while a bit repetitive so yeah, yeah we'll see what happens but yeah Activision I feel like they're, they're slipping off a little bit they are um I think we should move on. We're 46 minutes in and we're halfway through the list. It's brilliant. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> we should always take um, a break if we need to. <laughs> I, <laughs> potentially. Who knows? Could be a two-parter. So I'm just going to run through um, the next two of these really quickly just to speed it up a tad. Now, the next one is Sonic Frontiers, which, like going with the trend, is an open-world Sonic game. Oh, I'm, well. not the, yes, I'm, not the, not, I'm not the biggest fan of Sonic. But this does sort of um, make my ears prick up very slightly because I, I, I like the mechanics of Sonic. I like the films. The film, soon to be films. They're pretty good. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. what are you a big Sonic fan, Jamie? I just played a lot of them growing up. Played a lot of Sonic games uh, on on DS. Oh, was it DS? No, Game Boy. Played Sonic on Game Boy. Played it on GameCube, on Wii. 
Um, I had it on PlayStation. Yeah, really. I played. There was Sonic DX, I want to say, or Sonic XD or something. Yeah, I think um, it was XD. I think I remember that. Yeah, because there was like I think that was the one that first introduced Silver Sonic or Robot Unsure. Sonic. Unsure. Um, there was Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, which was great, and obviously Sonic Heroes as well, and then Sonic and Mario at the Olympic Games. Yes, I did like that. I had that on the Wii. Yeah, but that's my Sonic experience, and I'll probably, yeah, wouldn't mind getting into some new ones. Very good. Um, next one is number 12. It is a game called Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is a... Um, have you ever played XCOM? No. Do you know I'm what not. XCOM is? <laughs> oh, is it the one with the alien on it? Yes, yeah, so it's yeah. a turn-based <laughs> strategy game, basically. Not not like a base-building um, Warhammer 40k one. It's um, You just basically control one individual person. You take turns in a strategy form. Um, basically like a tabletop game. Um, but this is a Marvel game called the midnight suns and i'm pretty sure it's based off of a comic run called the midnight suns but it's sort of got um all your classics i think there's like miss marvel um no captain marvel sorry um, not miss marvel captain marvel um like ghost rider um iron man wolverine all the ones that you like but they've got a very cool black and gold suit on um i think the promos are probably going to be better than the actual game but I don't think I'll get it because I did play XCOM and I did play it for quite a while, but I don't think just sticking some Marvel characters in is going to make me want to run back to it. Yeah, it just it's just a case of like reskinning it, isn't it, basically? <laughs> Pretty much, and then adding like melee yeah. combat instead of shooty shoots. Um, next one is, I've put this in bold and I've put next to it, I've just put the word both. Because I know we're very... Very excited for. I'm going to whisper this one because it um, it it needs to be taken care of. Um, God of War Ragnarok. Oh, I'm telling you, Ooh. I'm incredibly excited for God of War Ragnarok. Now, oh, I cannot wait. You were quite late to the party. I was with this, weren't you? I did not play God of War until. Probably around the middle of 2021, was it? It was sometime last year that I started playing it. Because I, I got into so, yeah, RPGs. Yeah. I'd never really been into RPGs before. And then I played Valhalla, which was very RPG in the way it was set out. And then you sent me Immortals Phoenix Rising, which was good as well. And I thought, oh, Great yeah, game. I'm liking the Underrated. format of these games. And I was getting into mythology as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Phoenix Rising is a whole, whole other conversation about how good that game is. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah, God of War, I got into it last year. And loved it. Can't wait for the next one. Neither can I. Like God of War is um it, it I think it probably is my favourite gaming sort of franchise. It's I remember playing like the original God of War on PS two when I was younger, um like in the early two thousands, and I sort of immediately fell in love with sort of like the characters like and that sort of was my gateway into being really, really into like Greek mythology because I yeah. absolutely lap up anything to do with Greek mythology. Um, I've got the PSP games on like PS3. I've got them all as a little collection. Um, I even relatively like Ascension. It's not the best one by a long shot. Um, probably the best one, I think, is. 
should have it here somewhere. Yes, I've got it right here in my hand. My favourite one is Ghost of Sparta, which is a um, is one of the PSP games, and it's about Kratos um, and his brother, who you don't really hear about in any of the other games, but it's about him trying to find his brother. Basically, um, it's great. It's such a good game. It's so smooth. It's just an incredible game if you ever get a chance to play it. Um, but yeah, I'm incredibly excited for God and all Ragnarok. I love that they've moved into Norse mythology and definitely assuming. So if you haven't played the other one, spoiler. But you probably should have played it by now. It's been out for a long time. Um, <laughs> There's other mythologies like there's Greek um, still probably around somewhere. There's Egyptian, Celtic, and then there's another logo of something I don't remember. But there's all these different ones that they can go in. And I think we were saying something when we were theorizing the other month when that big gameplay trailer out that they're going to use like yeah. Tier to go through all these different mythologies in this next one. I think so. I think they'll visit a few. Um... There's a lot they can do. There's obviously the storyline with Thor, and we, well, again, spoilers. We, we have given a spoiler warning. We are going to talk about the previous one. But <laughs> Thor and Loki are in it, obviously. So oh, yeah. um, we'll see what happens with that. But I don't know if it's the case that maybe that actually they'll, they'll have all this hype at the end of the last game, and then actually you just have a boss fight with him right with Thor right at the start, and then that's it done, and, it, and then you go meet Tyr, um, and then... It, it kind of ventures into the other mythologies and it's just kind of Norse at the start. But I think given that it's called Ragnarok, is it going to be a case that actually um, it is going to heavily focus on the Norse and then at the end it's going to open up possibly for a third game which explores the other mythologies? Or or they might all come together and that's what Ragnarok is. Is, is obviously in Norse mythology, Ragnarok is like the end, isn't it, basically? Um, but it could be that everything comes together if I remember rightly, um, this is meant to be the last one of these games. I think it's right. only meant to be like two. I think I remember somewhere in an interview like Corey Barlog, the um, director of the first one, he's not doing this one, but I think it was not that long ago and I remember watching it, I think they've said that this is sort of the end to this story whatever that means so obviously like you said this means it could be the end of the Norse story and then we go in to a different mythology story yeah. or they could literally mean this is it this is the last God of War we're doing for a while we're going to move on to other things but I hope not because I would play <laughs> these games forever if they're released one every year even if they were bad I'd play them yeah definitely we'll see what I love happens it. with it I'm looking forward to that same um, well obviously we'll have a big convo about that when it comes out of the time. Um, but there's no release date on that. It's just TBC 2022. So who knows when that's coming out? Not I or you. <laughs> um, next is a game which I don't think there's a lot about at the moment. It's called Ghostwire Tokyo. And this is a timed PS5 exclusive. So I think it's going to PC as well. Um, it could be interesting. Um, have you ever played or seen anything of The Evil Within? No, I've not. Yeah, so The Evil Within is sort of a Resident Evil 4-esque game, but it's um, very 
Silent Hillish as well. It's sort of the two crossed together, um, and it's basically it's the same company who made those two games are making this Ghostwire Tokyo. But it it, it does make me think though, because. I'm just going to search, so you may hear me doing a little tappy-tap on the um, on the keyboard. Um, but I'm pretty sure the people who made The Evil Within are owned by Bethesda. I'm pretty sure on that as well. I don't want to be quoted. Um, the Evil Within, there's the tappy-tap in case you heard that, um, is made by... Um, yes, Tango Gameworks and the publisher is Bethesda Softworks. So, go. technically, wait, no, don't worry about it. So, um, so Tango Gameworks um, are owned by Zenimax. And Z, but who is Zenimax owned by? Zenimax are owned by Bethesda. My God. So yes, so Zenimax owns Bethesda. So now, yes, now, Matt, yes, here we go. Parent organizations, Microsoft. So Microsoft own Ghostwire Tokyo, technically, but it's a PS5 exclusive. Okay. This is where there's all these crossed wires going on, because... Crossed ghost wires, should we say. Um, crossed ghost wire Tokyo's. Um, so this is why it doesn't make any sense for them buying this up and not utilizing the PS5. They've already got what Deathloop which is already out in a PS5 exclusive on PS5, and they're making money from that, why wouldn't they release other things on PS5 as well? Because they're losing out on so much money, and as always, they're all greedy corporations who don't really care about the fans. Um, they just <laughs> want the money to make more games and make more Halo games. And I, this is going to be, this is very controversial, but I do not like Halo. Um, I've no. played a few of them and I can't get on with it. I don't know what it is, but they are, to me, apologies if this offends anyone, um, the blandest looking and feeling games I've ever played. I remember when the gameplay for the new Halo came out, whichever one came out recently, um, and it looked horrendous. It just looked like the most boring time you could have with a game it was just it looked the same as all the other games but a bit shinier like the guns look exactly the same like there's no innovation it seems it seems like it's the same thing over and over again sort of maybe just to keep the fans happy no experimentation Mm. and that's what annoys me about it but i've only played a few and if I played another one, I might love it. Who knows? But I'm not buying an Xbox unless Microsoft wants <laughs> no. to send one to me. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, um, I've put both next to this one as well. And I'm going to let you take the lead on this because I'm pretty sure you've got a lot to bloody say about it. It's Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. Oh, I I I love the Arkham series. I know that this is going to follow a slightly different different pattern to it. But the Arkham series is just fantastic. I think we can all agree it's it's so well done. All the games are enjoyable. I know people kind of give Arkham Knight a bit of a bit of stick at times, like they don't like the how much the Batmobile was involved. Some people don't even like the story so much. But I actually really liked Arkham Knight. The way it laid out the missions and the challenges and things, I thought was really good. 
And to be honest, like I don't know. I know obviously Gotham Knights isn't going to be Batman. It's going to be like Robin. It's is it Nightwing, um, Batgirl? I want to say. And there's a fourth. Is it Red Hood? Maybe. Uh, Red Hood. Yes. Red. It Red is Hood, Red yeah. Hood. Yes. Um, I just love. I'm hoping it's going to be. It's made by the same studio, isn't it? I'm hoping it's going to be similar mechanics. Ooh. Well, is it? is it a different studio? No. So, um, oh. see, this is why, and lots of people are confused about this. So, I've got it later on. Um, well, actually, it's after this, straight after this. Actually, we're going to roll the two together. We're doing fifteen and sixteen at the same time. Hold on to your bloody hats. Um, yeah. So, Gotham Knights is made by one of the studios. I'm pretty sure mm. who are the people who made. Um, Batman Arkham Origins, which is the least liked one. Um, let yes. me just have a look. Gotham Knights. There's another tap. No, I, I've just typed in Gotham Knights, and Google has just corrected me to M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> um, definitely not M. Night Shyamalan. I'm not looking for him. Yes, so it's Warner Brothers, Mon- Warner Brothers Games Montreal are creating it, who I'm pretty sure are the makers of, yes, Batman Arkham Origins, okay? Now, yep. um, obviously, it's not, it's, I'm pretty sure it's not set in the same universe as the Arkham games. But, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, is made by Rocksteady and is set in the same universe as the Arkham games. But, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to roll Gotham Knights in to the whole universe. Yeah, I think they could do. You know, there's a way they can integrate it all, surely. Um, but I'm just really excited for it, to be fair. like Ark- What I didn't like about Arkham Origins, it wasn't the gameplay so much. I, I didn't mind that. I think, again, it was it was very repetitive for me. Every boss fight was the same. Yeah, they would charge at you. You dive out the way and then hit them. It was the same. Obviously, Bane. You had, you had to fight Bane about four times. <laughs> yes, you did, didn't you? I did yeah, like the I one where you were crawling through the vents, hiding. But there were so many boss fights. You had it with Killer Croc. You had it with Bane, where they just charge at you and you've got to dive out the way and then hit them. A flurry of attacks. But I just I got bored of fighting Bane. Oh, I burped a bit then. That was uh, very unprofessional. I got bored of fighting Bane. <laughs> that was how bored I got. And I got bored of just the same boss fights, and I think it had potential. But what really got to me was the fact that Mark Hamill didn't voice the Joker. <laughs> that led the game down as well. It's Troy Baker, wasn't it? Because he was really big was, at the time. Yeah. I think he was just getting off the back of um, The Last of Us, wasn't he, I think? Potentially, yeah. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Arkham Origins was... A little bit of a, um, I don't know, just not not great. And I remember being incredibly disappointed by the Deathstroke fight. Cause it was basically just a um, a quick time. It wasn't event. a fight, was uh, it? Not really. <laughs> it, it didn't have any sort of. He came for. Oh, we're gonna have a great fight here, and then you get sort of like ten seconds into it, and oh, I'm gonna run away. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> I just think because the other two Arkham games were so good, I thought I thought oh, it's gonna be a really good like prequel to set the scene for how it all led to. And no, it just it was just a bit lacking for me. Yeah, I think it's the same Best for me. I, I, I mean, it lacked a bit. Arkham Asylum's my favourite out of the ones, but anyway, that's a it's another story for another time again. But anyway, um, Gotham Knights and 
Kill the Justice League both come out this year, and they both don't have release dates. Um, they're to to be like certified or whatever. TBC twenty twenty two. So who knows? Um, number seventeen is another one that you've mentioned. I'm pretty sure you have. It's Stray. Yeah, it's Stray. Uh, so I saw Stray when they had the PS showcase. Um, it looked great, really good. Um, I didn't know what to expect from it. I just saw a cat, and I thought that looks good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a puzzle game. So it should be really good. Um, it's like a puzzle strategy game. You've got to like navigate through different areas. And you're a cat. So it can't get much better than that, really, can it? I don't know much more wow. other than that. You use your environment to, to try and navigate through. That's all I really know. I don't think there is anything much more than that, is there? Apart from it's sort of all the world. It doesn't look like it's humans. It looks all like robots, doesn't it? Hmm. So yeah, I don't really it looks a bit robotic, like a bit futuristic. I want to say it's set in Japan or Korea. Um, it's all very neon, though, isn't it? It's very neon. neon. Yeah, it looks cool, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's out this year sometime again. No release date, as a lot of games don't anymore because everything seems to be getting delayed left, right, and centre. Um, yeah. Now, this is a bit of a left... <laughs> that's not even a real saying, is it? I was about to say, this is a bit of a left ball. What the hell does that mean? hell does that mean left ball it's not a thing is it is that a saying <laughs> left field that's it left field this is like Coming out a left, left ball <laughs> yeah that's what it is it's not this one's a bit of a left ball god what am i talking about um this one's a bit of a different one now when i was growing up and i'm sure you played it as well when you was growing up um roller coaster tycoon did you play that I played Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, I want to say, on PC. Uh, and I played Zoo Tycoon as well, that was great. Now that's perfect because this, what I'm about to talk about, isn't Zoo Tycoon or Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, <laughs> so, so um, what this is, is a new theme park sim, and it's called Park Beyond. Oh. Um, and it's coming to PS5, Xbox, PC this year, but it looks. Like incredible, it looks so detailed. It just looks like a classic, like theme park creator simulator, but just like a, it's got all like it's got all the mod cons, as some people would say. It's got everything that you could want from a brand new, hot off the line PS5 version of a park simulator, and it looks great. And I loved it, so I might actually get this one. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I've almost bought Planet Coaster. I nearly bought that. Yes, yes, Planet yes. Coaster. Yes. I, I would really love a, like some sort of roller coaster game. So hopefully that's um, that actually comes out this year because it looks pretty good. Now this is one number nineteen is um, I've put in brackets at the end. Um, probably never coming out, um, <laughs> but it's meant to be coming out this year, and it's the Lord of the Rings Gollum game. Okay, <laughs> I've not heard of so, that. Exactly, this is what I mean. It's like it's never going to come out. Um, Basically, it's a Lord of the Rings game where you just play as Gollum. And I'm pretty sure it's set before the first film. Um, Or the first book, if you will. Um, It's, I think, the same people who made... um, Shadows of Mordor. I'm pretty sure it's the same people. Don't quote me on that. But... Uh, one of my friends is incredibly excited about it, um, but I don't. 
I don't know. I, I'm, there's not a lot of gameplay for it. It looks like a stealth game, but obviously you're Gollum. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know if it's Andy Circus. If it's not, they should probably never come out. Um, exactly. <laughs> it's got to be Andy Circus. I mean, a lot of people can do good impressions, but <laughs> yeah, it's it, not the it same, does is have it? to be. Um, but yeah, apparently that's a game that might be coming out this year. But I think it was meant to come out two years ago. So. There we go. Now, here's another one which I've put in here because it's a popular game that a lot of people play. But again, I've also put in brackets here, apparently there's a Splatoon 2, which I didn't know. But anyway, Splatoon 3 is coming out on the Nintendo Switch. I can't say I've ever heard of it, unfortunately. Then you've never heard of Splatoon? No, not in My a game My God, it's, it's basically a... It's like, it's a basically an online shooter, but you use paint. And you have, like, big paint rollers and you shoot paint at people. Right, okay. That does ring a bell, actually. That does ring a bell. <laughs> yeah, and the first one was incredibly popular, and I think it came out on the Wii U. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it came out on the Wii U, the original one. But I didn't even know there was a Splatoon 2, but apparently there is. And now Splatoon 3 is coming out. Hmm. I don't know if there's a story mode, but I thought I'd throw that in there. Because a lot of people like Splatoon. Um, Next one, 21, is in bold (laughs) and italics. (laughs) So I must have really been excited about this one. And it's a Plague Tale Requiem, which is apparently coming out this year. Did you play the first Plague Tale? It's free. The other mm, month on did PlayStation. I? It's one did with I? All I don't the rats. think I did. I don't think I did. It's absolutely incredible. If you like a story-driven game, it is amazing. I spent. I just sat on it for a, like a good two days and platinumed it. I just spent my entire week, like three days, playing this game. It was. An incredible experience. Now, I wasn't ever going to buy it, and then it came out on PS Plus, and I just got sucked in to the world. It's so detailed. It's so good. There's so many good set pieces. And it's basically about a plague, but the plague is the rats. Like, it's not um, the plague. Like, the rats are the plague. And there's these scenes where, you know, when a, a tsunami hits a city or something and you see a wave coming down the street yeah that's what the rats look like in this game wow (laughs) and it's (laughs) incredible but they hate fire so in every area that you're in you've got to use a torch to get them away from you but then it's weird and this starts going into all this stuff where um, people can like manipulate the rats with their mind and stuff it gets a bit strange um but it's great um you can't fight your character. You don't fight at all. Um, the only thing you've got is sort of like a slingshot, which okay. you use. Which you can, you do get into combat with people. But if you get hit, you're dead because you play as this relatively youngish girl and her really young brother, and you're basically trying to get him to a safe place so he doesn't get hurt. Basically, um, but yeah, that's really interesting. One, actually, it's <laughs> great if you've got a chance or if you've added it to your library definitely play it because the next one's coming out this year and it looks amazing. I might have to. That sounds that sounds good. It 
honestly, it looks bloody incredible. Um, number 22 is Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. Now, Space Marine 1 was this little sleeper hit from 2011, I want to say. And it was a third-person action game, and you just played a Space Marine from Warhammer 40k, and you just went around chopping up orcs. It was incredible. And for some reason, they've decided to make another one. There, there must have just been, I suppose, people just really liked it, and they thought, oh, we can maybe make a little bit more money from it. Well, I mean, I assume so, but it's not a thing where people were sort of raving about it anymore, and I think people had mainly forgot about it, but they've, for some reason, Relic, I think, who's developing it, have decided to bring it back, which is, for my part, great. And if you ever get a chance to play the original on PS3, I definitely recommend it, because it's an absolute blast of a time. I haven't, I haven't got a PlayStation 3 anymore, but maybe it's on PlayStation oh, Now or something. No. I might be able to stream it and play it. Might be on PlayStation now. I'd definitely have a look for Warhammer Forty K Space Marine. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, All right. a game called The Callisto Protocol coming out, which is sort of a survival horror game, and it's a bit. Did you ever play Dead Space? No. Oh, I'm terrible, aren't I? <laughs> Honestly, I the I think we need to change the name of this show to um, Lists of Games Jamie Needs to Play. <laughs> it's, to be fair it's probably just easier to do a list of games I have played and then we'll know all the ones I haven't and then we can <laughs> I've actually played a lot of games just not any of these ones <laughs> 39, was it 39 I played last year or was it 49 something like that I think, it, I think it was 49 you said last year I did play nearly as many as that I was too busy last year doing stuff Life getting in the way of games. Um, <laughs> anyway, the Callisto Protocol is basically a survival horror game where you're on a ship and there's loads of monsters and they're all hunting you down. Looks great. Um, I know, I know <laughs> what Dead Space is. I've seen footage of it and stuff, so I've got an understanding of Dead Space. But yeah, I've <laughs> just not played it. But that sounds really good. <laughs> yes, it's basically that, but just a survival horror version. Um, mm. Even though Dead Space is pretty much survival horror anyway. Um, next is a game that you're very excited about um but i know you said the other day it'd been delayed to 2023 but i had a look earlier on it's not i know what you're gonna say the developers have come out and said that rumor did not come from us it's coming out in summer and it's hogwarts legacy you're gonna say aren't you yes i definitely am yeah there were rumors it was getting delayed until 2023 and the developer have come out and said uh, no, no, summer this year. We're, we're hoping to have it out for summer this year. Uh, so I think it'd just be <laughs> nice to. I've not played a Harry Potter game since I played Chamber of Secrets on PS2. That's how long it's been. PS2, but I just would love Chamber an open of Secrets. World... PS2 Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Wasn't that PS1? It might have been, but it was on PS2 as well for certain. Oh, right. Because I remember playing um, Philosopher's Stone, Stone on PS1. PS1, and that was incredible. as soon as I heard. <laughs> I came right over to say congratulations. <laughs> but I remember the first mission on Chamber of Secrets. You're at the burrow, weren't you? The Weasley's house. And you had to yes, like, get those little are, yes. things. What were they in the garden? I don't know. We'll call them grumplings. Um, you had Grum- to find them no, and them in we, let's, and... we, let's leave the grumplings out of this. 
That's what I'm going to call them anyway. You had to pick yeah, them up and them spin around in circles and throw them at targets, didn't you? Do you remember these little things yes, that were in the garden? Yes, I do. Um, but just an open world magic game. If you can fly all the creatures and stuff, and it's all around Hogwarts, and that'll be really, really cool. It does look like a great game. Like, I mean, I'm basically up for anything like that because I'm not particularly the biggest fan in the world of Harry Potter. Now, I'm um, astounded that Harry Potter has lasted this long in being so popular. But I actually cannot believe it. It's crazy how it's still so popular today. I find that insane. Because I understand that it's great and it's probably quite good. But I never saw it as being like that good. It's almost got like a cult movement to it kind of thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you, you have the Harry Potter. You have the people who know and have watched Harry Potter and enjoy it. And they're like, okay, yeah, they're good films. You've got people who are who are fans of it, who who have all the books. They, they will watch it regularly. They'll go back to it a lot. They know a lot about it. And then I think they call them Potterheads, didn't they? Um, no, they're just the, Potheads. The, the, Potheads, Potterheads, pot, the Potheads, <laughs> and I. There's a lot of them. You have them in every sort of interest. Any band that's out there, any any film, any game. There are people who are diehard fans who will get tattoos related to it. Who oh yes. Will gatekeep the community and get very angry if people make mistakes. And what I find with Harry Potter is that's a huge part of the community no disrespect to anyone who is like, I appreciate your dedication Oh yeah. but for casual fans it's hard to engage in a discussion about things like that in, in open forums and social media because yeah, a that. large part of the community are so obsessed with it and they do not let you get anything wrong if you say oh what about this theory oh, what about this potential fan fiction they'd be like no not possible it's already been done and I'm like okay I'll stay clear of that one so I'm probably going to make a few enemies with saying this but I don't know if that's a similar thing that you experience. Yeah, I completely. I mean, I understand and completely agree what you mean. I think it's just a certain sect of the fans. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. It's completely fine. I'm probably like it with certain things as well. But it's just Harry Potter's not for me. I think we'll um, leave it on. Um, Lord of the Rings is better. Um, <laughs> um, swiftly move on. <laughs> swiftly move on. Um, number twenty-five is. We're almost done. Those twenty nine. Um, oh, number twenty five is Avatar: Frontiers oh, of Pandora. Yes. <laughs> I played the PS three one. Yeah, I played the PS three one. It was really, really good. <laughs> well, there you go. This is a fully open world Ubisoft game. Um, so get ready to lose four hundred hours of your life. Oh, I can't wait for that. I haven't really got much I can say about it because I've not looked into it too much, but. Uh, they're making are they making another Avatar film? Is that true as well? Making four more, oh, four wow. more. It was huge. Dish, I remember going to see it in the cinema. It was like the pioneer of 3D movies until that gimmick died out and everyone started hating 3D. <laughs> exactly, but I, I don't know why they're making more Avatar movies. Like the first one, yes, technically great. Um, I'm not that big of fan of the film. Um, I appreciate that it's very well made. It pushed technology to a point where we could have films like we have today. Um, but I don't mm. think they need another four for some reason. Why are they doing oh, four I more? Think that's, it's a bit like, but it might work out. It's a bit like when Disney said, "Okay, we're going to make like a thousand more Star Wars things," and we thought, "Oh no, it's good where it was with six films. Just leave it there. Six films and Clone Wars. Leave it there." And actually, to be fair, like. 
the sequels are people are divided. I really like The Force Awakens. I know it was probably like just because that was a massive nostalgia blast. Yeah. I I didn't mind the other two. I don't think it helped um, that there was a split in directors <laughs> in the middle. I think it yeah. felt like you had episode seven. Episode eight kind of carried on. But then episode nine was like, okay, we're going to pretend that episode eight was actually a completely different film. <laughs> and we're going to carry on a story. Yeah. And all the things that we that I guess J.J. Abrams wanted to do in... Um, it was J.J. Abrams, wasn't it? Yeah. That he yes, wanted to do in episode eight. Like He probably wanted to explore, again, spoilers if you've not seen it. Go watch it. What are you doing with your life? Um, <laughs> he probably would have gone into the Snoke backstory and slowly brought back Palpatine in, in a way that wasn't just like... Oh, somehow Palpatine returned. Uh, that that <laughs> is the worst line written for any film ever. I'm surprised that made it into a Hollywood blockbuster. Somehow Palpatine returned. He obviously really thought that it was going to be a great storyline. And to be fair, if he'd done episode eight, it probably would have been a great storyline. Um, how he comes back, they could have explored him coming back. But then he's like, it's such a great storyline, I'm not going to abandon it, even though it makes no sense now. So... And they're going to be like, well, how has he returned? Oh, we'll, we'll work it out somehow. Oh, that works, actually. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> just, just well, they think, they think they're going to do it in Mandalorian, don't they? Like, that's why there's all those, like, bodies in chambers, and they think, and a lot of people think yeah. or have the theory that they want um, Grogu to take his blood because they think that's the key that's to cloning or something. I'm sure we'll find that out. Well, he might be in. There's, there's. Well, we won't, we won't go too off topic. But just one last point. There are theories again. Spoilers if you've not been watching Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> not major spoiler, but there are theories that the Mandalorian Din Djarin, will be in the next episode, which is out tomorrow. Yes. For well, don't know when this podcast will be released, but it's currently Tuesday the twenty fifth tomorrow. Wow, what a timestamp! What a timestamp! Um, we may be seeing Din Djarin in the Book of Boba Fett tomorrow. <laughs> And and um, and if we're, if we're wrong, sorry, sorry. <laughs> there we go. Sorry for getting your hopes up. Yeah, sorry <laughs> for getting your hopes up or for talking absolute nonsense because you you've already watched it and you're thinking, what the hell are these two talking about? Um, we're not actually going to go off topic. We're going to talk about Lego Star Wars, um, oh, which well, was meant to come really out. Nice. It was. It was meant to come out in two thousand and four. Um, and, and <laughs> it's now 2022 and it's, it's finally coming out years. it has been 84 <laughs> years um, we think we both pre-ordered this didn't we a long time, I have long not time got ago pre-ordered, to... oh. I'm getting the blue milk edition yes I've got that pre-ordered I, I pre-order pre-ordered it. it in I think 2018 I think <laughs> um, I thought you pre-ordered it back in the 70s personally I, th- but, um... I think I did honestly before I was even born I pre-ordered it Honestly, um, I'm very excited for this. The new trailer yeah. dropped the other day, and it looks great. Oh, full six minutes and three seconds. Looks great. It's like that's perfect. That is the perfect thing that I can imagine. Like I, I think it showed it off so well. Love it. It looks really good. It looks refreshed. It looks though like they've kind of gone away from the classic format of a Lego game, and they've tried to just make it a, a campaign game that goes through the Star Wars universe. But they've just made all the characters Lego. <laughs> yeah, that's fine with me. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, the mumble mode as well. The fact that you can have it a bit like the originals and have it yes. in the mumble mode. The only I downside for that is mode. before, they knew it was going to have a mumble mode without dialogue. So they'd have things like when Darth Vader showed up the picture of Padme or whatever to, to Luke. 
spoilers if you've not watched Star Wars, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Um, yes, he is. So many spoilers, but you expect people to know this. <laughs> but they won't have all the visual cues on screen, like showing up a, a picture and pointing. It will just be like. Uh, so great impression! It's like we're in the game already. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, they they hired me as a voice actor. Uh, another story there. I can keep that under hot wraps. Uh, I wish hot wraps. But I am hot looking wraps. forward to hot wraps. Get to gr eggs. Uh, God. <laughs> Lego Star Wars, though. Like I, I mean. Me and you both play a lot of the Lego games. I've just finished Lego DC Super Villains. Lego yes. Star Wars, though, has always been just elite. It's been top tier. Even if you're not into Lego or Star Wars, I would recommend playing it. It is great. Um, I love, like, I will unashamedly say, I love the prequels. I love them. Don't care what anyone says. I love them. I think they're great. Um, the second one's a bit iffy. Um, Revenge of the Sith is my favourite film. In the franchise, though, is it? Uh, that it is. opening scene is incredible with the um, Jedi fighters and everything. It's incredible! Oh, it's so good. Um, but I love them. Prequels are great. Love playing through them. Love the characters. Love the droids. I love it all. But anyway, that's coming out. Oh God, when is it? April? April fifteenth or something? The fifth. April the fifth. Yes. I was thinking, given that they've delayed it this long. And it was coming out around sort of Easter time. You'd think they'd have just pushed it back another month to May the 4th for marketing. Could you imagine the marketing? They've missed the trick there. But I'm, I'm not com- complaining that we're getting it a month early. <laughs> They're lost. Well, I say and a month getting... early. 25 years late. But I, in a way, I don't, I don't mind too much because I'm hoping it means that they've really... They said they wanted to, do it to really make it good. I'm just hoping it is. If it comes out now and it's a shambles, I'm going to be mad. But I'm sure they'll I, fix I it. I don't think it will be. Like... I... Like that, Traveler's Tales never release a game. That's crap. I've never played a Lego game that I haven't liked. Like every single one of them, I thought that's good. That's good. Like it, yeah, it's that I formula agree. and it works. But it never gets bored. Nothing like boring, does it? It's no. You can do as many franchises as you want with that, and it will never get boring because it's never. so inventive, so fun, and it's sort of like. What a lot of video games these days are missing is that element of fun. Everything exactly, is quite yeah. depressing. Well, this gets to me, particularly with films, and maybe it's a little bit off topic, but you watch something and people will say, well, it wasn't good, it just gave us everything we wanted. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes, what's wrong with that? Their job as, as writers for games, for stories, is to please us. So when they just give us what we want, are they not technically making it more enjoyable? Um Oh, well, the story isn't as deep as it could have been. It's like, yeah, but you literally just said we got everything we wanted. What's the problem? The fans yeah. got what they wanted to see. Why is that a negative? It's not a negative. It's like with the um, the new Spider-Man film, isn't it? Um, mm. Spoiler again. The sp- all all the Spider-Men are in it. Um, and Ooh, that's, that's a big spoiler. It is a big spoiler. <laughs> um, but everyone in the world's probably seen a leak of that already. Um, got to but that's... Like, that's for the fans. It's not for, like, it's not to create story purposes, is it? It's like, they were like, we're going to do multiverse thing. Let's just throw them in it. Let's throw Tobey Maguire. They could have just got loads of different random people to just play different Spider-Man. But they specifically went for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to bring them back, which I thought was bloody incredible. Because I love Tobey Maguire. He's so good. But then Andrew Garfield stole the bloody show. Mm, He did. He was really good. He was great. He was great. Anyway, (laughs) we've got three more. We're almost done. 
Um, this is a game that I'm very excited about, and it was sort of a um, shock um, trailer. I think it was at it was sometime in the summer. It came out. I think um, it's a game called Evil West. Um, okay. Did you ever play on PS2 a game called Dark Watch? You know the answer to this already. It's going to be a no. <laughs> it's um, a no. Anyway, Dark Watch was this incredibly um I wouldn't say abstract but I'd just say the idea is just something that they wouldn't do well I'd say they wouldn't do today they pretty much are um dark watch is a game based in the wild west um but you play as a cowboy who is bitten by a vampire and you turn into a vampire and you have all these vampiric powers and you are you become a member of an organisation called the Dark Watch, who basically go around hunting vampires and werewolves and the undead, and you have to fight your way through all of these hideous creatures, all these skeletons, banshees, there's loads of stuff, until you get to fight Lazarus, the vampire right at the end, and it's an absolutely incredible PlayStation 2 game, which was getting a sequel called Dark Watch 2 to come out on the Xbox and PS3, but it got cancelled. There's a very short gameplay preview of it on YouTube, but that's it's probably about two minutes long, but that's as far as it got, and it got cancelled, which is very upsetting. But this game, Evil West, is sort of a, let's say, a spiritual successor to... Um, Dark Watch. It's not first person, it's third person, so that's a okay. change up. Um, but it's more Dark Soulsy, um, And it's an RPG. You basically just going through the Wild West hunting down undead things like you do in Dark Watch, but it looks like a Dark Souls-esque action open world RPG. And it looks incredible. Like you've got all these cool like claws that come out and you're doing all these like combos on enemies and the graphic looks incredible. There's a lot of gore in it as well. It just looks like a fun ride and I've not seen anything on it or anybody talking about it, but it looks fantastic. That's another one to look forward to then. It sounds definitely really interesting. But I've they don't really make cowboy games all that time and obviously there's Red Dead Redemption which is the big famous ones, but when they do make cowboy games or Wild West games they always turn out pretty well. Like I remember on PS2, there's a game called Gun, and that was fantastic. That was a great game, and it's that rings a bell. I may have played that one. I can't remember anything about it, but hooray, I've played one. <laughs> wow the fr- <laughs> the front cover of the game was a bright yellow, and it had a skull and two revolvers on it, and that yep. was the game. I've got it downstairs somewhere. Um, it's a brilliant game. Absolutely incredible. Awesome. Um, bit racially insensitive against Native oh, Americans, that's but awesome. um, that's the time. That's the that was the time it was made. Um, but nevertheless, fun game to play. Well, um, if if there's a new one along those lines, it opens up a big apology. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll move on from that. Let's let's swiftly move on. We've got two left. Um, this. Number 28 is different because it's a DLC. Um, and I don't think you've played it. You've not played Cuphead, have you? I've not played it. I know it's very yeah. hard, and you've also confirmed that. 
Uh, I have confirmed that. So I got this on Switch. This is another reason why I bought my Nintendo Switch, because it was yeah. on that and it wasn't on anything else at the time. Um, and so, well, it was on Xbox as well, but I have got an Xbox. Um, and I remember buying it on the Switch and I actually finished the game. I beat the devil, the final boss, on a train back from London to Manchester. Um, and I remember doing this little cheer and I was like, oh, I've done it. And I was, and Just I was to like, confirm, you, you, you were playing the game while you are on the train. The boss fight didn't yes. take place on a train from London to Manchester. The, the, no, it did not. That is <laughs> not a part of the game. I can confirm. I can confirm <laughs> I that just, I trained from picturing... London to Manchester. <laughs> there are disruptions to the LNER. <laughs> there appears to be two giant cups fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I finished it on the train. Um, and I've got it on playstation and i've never actually finished it on playstation so before the end of june this year i need to finish it on playstation um because there's a dlc what's been delayed and delayed and delayed the game came out in 2017 and it's only just getting this dlc and it's called the delicious last course and it's based and it's 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 actually set on an island which is called dlc island that just, yeah, I mean... <laughs> and and if you think, um, Cuphead, the delicious last course, if you do that as an acronym, it's Cuphead, the DLC. Hmm. So it's, it's pretty on the nose, uh, but it looks great. The animation is fantastic as usual. It's very, it's all this rubber banding, 1920s, 30s animation style, like Steamboat Willie. It's just the perfect game and it's it's in my top five games Cuphead is easily it's incredible um and finally we said we'd get to it um it's an hour we're already an hour and a half in we're probably going to go for another (laughs) hour and a half now it's uh, dawn of ragnarok um before we go on to it though um apologies if we missed any games that anybody um is excited about um but Obviously, we've got a limited amount of time. I just thought I'd choose a myriad of games that looked interesting with sums that we could talk about. Obviously, we don't want to be choosing games that we can't talk about because well, we have no interest. Well, in. I mean, I, I can't talk about most of them, but I can at least I've at least got an understanding of a lot of them. Exactly. Um, obviously, this is potential a test podcast so this may never hear the light of day. But I feel like this may have gone pretty well, so it may go up. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, but I think so. I think so. I think so. I think it's gone pretty bit well. But anyway, <laughs> bit of editing, bit of um, chopping and changing, and we'll get it down to in five minutes. Um, <laughs> 29 is um, Dawn of Ragnarok. Oh, yes. The long-awaited Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC. I mean, I feel a bit cheated that... I've bought the season pass and I'm going to have to pay £32 for this one DLC. Unless it is included in the season pass, but I don't think it is. Because um, the season pass was only like £25, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. Um, but I, my favourite parts of Valhalla, and again, if you've not played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, firstly, play it. Just, just do it. It's great. And secondly, um, potential spoilers coming up for Valhalla. But my favourite parts of the Valhalla story were the mythology side. When you when you went through to Asgard, to Jotunheim, 
they were my favorite parts i love the story with with fenrir um and i mean that boss fight with fenrir was just incredible it was it was getting a bit, a bit repetitive in terms of how you had to do it just keep shooting the arrows at the knees uh skyrim style i know that skyrim reference <laughs> oh yes definitely that was my favourite story arc, was the Asgard story arc um, and the Jotunheim story arc. Again, obviously you've got, what, what was his name? Um, Stein, Steinbjorn? Was that the the big rocky bear? Rocky bear boa? Uh, uh, Steinbjorn, I think. Yes, yes, yes it is. Rocky bear boa it is. Rocky bear boa. Uh, big, big giant rocky bear. So I love those. Even just climbing up around Jotunheim, because it was quite the the sort of the castle area uh, and the giants fighting the giants. So to see the Ragnarok coming, if it's going to be quite long as well, I think for thirty two pounds, like we could probably expect a good thirty forty hours out of it, can't we? Um, I hope so. Like I I don't want to be spending that much money on it if it's not. But I think I'm maybe gonna wait and see how it is because the DLCs. Before I played the first one, what was the, I don't even remember what was the it first was DLC? The, um, Ireland, the Ireland, Wrath of the Druids. Oh, it was the Druids, yes, yes. And so I played was... that one. What was the next one? It was the Siege of Paris, which I got about halfway through and just got a bit bored, to be honest. Yeah, I played. You know, at the beginning, where you with that man right at the beginning, who's like you in your family, and he's ruling over the place. And you riding down the hill with him into like those red poppy fields, yeah. Right at the beginning, yes. That's where I got up to, and you got <laughs> and I thought, just started it and got bored. <laughs> I thought this looks exactly the same as England. Let's leave it, and I just didn't pick it up. Um, but I think because I'd spent, I think my playtime on um, Valhalla is about one hundred and seventy-two hours. Yeah, mine's so about I think I was just. So I think I was just sick of it. Um, if I went back, I might like it. But anyway, what do you think it's going to be like this game, this new big expansion? I'm I'm hopeful. I'm really hoping because if I'm, I love the mythology side of the game, and I felt like I mean, Wrath of the Druids was quite good in Ireland. It was um, the gameplay wasn't too much different to what the main story had been in England, but the environment was very cool in Ireland. Um, yeah. I, I especially liked fighting one of the Lost Drengers at um, Giant's Causeway. I thought that yes, was really that was good. incredible. That was incredible. The the green fields, the hills, the rainbows, it just looked beautiful. So that was that was great. Siege of Paris was just a bit bland and again it looked a bit like England and it was a bit grey and the story wasn't too... It didn't grip me. Like I quite liked the story in Ireland. Like, oh, is it your cousin that you... I think, it, yeah, I, I think so. I've forgotten his name, but... And you go over there, and that was fantastic. Uh, but I'm really hoping that they can, particularly if it is Ragnarok, because they were alluding to the events of Ragnarok throughout the whole game. I'm hoping the story yeah. is good, and the gameplay will be Valhalla gameplay like, as standard. But I'm hoping to see some cool new weaponry and, and armor. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited for that one. Same. I've I'm just hopeful. had a little search, um, and it says um, this is on. <laughs> this is from the trusted website um, www.givemesport.com I don't know why it's that's the top result apparently out of 10.9 million results that's the top result um, no idea but anyway um, it says Ubisoft have revealed that the story of the DLC 
dawn of Ragnarok is around 35 hours. In that case, you're getting about... It's about a pound per hour, which is... (laughs) Yeah, a pound an hour. Considering I've paid £60 before for games I've completed in 10 hours, I don't think that's too bad. It's not too bad. Um, I mean, you pay, like, what, 60 quid for Call of Duty every year in the campaign six hours, so... Yeah, uh, I suppose with Call of Duty, it's a case that if you do, if I was just playing the campaign, I wouldn't pay seventy pound for it because the campaign on yeah. on Cold War the the campaign was only about three or four hours, but that's because it was made during a pandemic and it was really well written though, albeit quite short. The campaign on Vanguard was maybe about seven seven hours or so, six or seven hours. And yeah. to be honest, like it was all right, it was okay. The gameplay was quite fun. The story was a bit meh. Um, the whole premise was basically you were a squad from of, of elite operatives from different agents during World War Two, and you'd been captured by the Nazis and they were interrogating you. And it just kind of did a mission for each character on their backstory. Right. And then it got to a point where once you'd gone through each character and done a mission about them. So one of them was like a... Uh, I believe she was a, a Jew in Poland. I might have that wrong, or even in Berlin. And her family were like, again, spoilers, were assassinated, and she was like an elite sniper. So, or, or I think it might have been in Poland, this. Her name was Polina, and it was her sort of escaping and getting her, her revenge and things. Then you had one that he was uh, Australian, and it was him going through the desert with his desert rats, that they were called. One of them was an American, and you had a mission where he was a pilot, you know, doing dogfights over the ocean. And you kind of went through all of these. I mean, at the end, they kind of got together for a big push to escape and whatever, and it was it was okay. It just Because it was all lots of different bits, it just didn't really flow that well. The actual story was essentially about an hour's worth of gameplay. Um, oh God. in terms of those missions but people put a lot of time into the multiplayer with Call of Duty that's the main selling point you know to the point where Black Ops 4 didn't even have a campaign it was just multiplayer oh didn't know that yeah so Black Ops 4 had no campaign it was just multiplayer um, God. and zombies as well they had quite good zombies on Black Ops 4 mm. and I, really I remember put, when I've... what was that sorry no you carry on carry on I was just going to say I've put I've usually put about 10 to 15 days into each Call of Duty so that's what, well over like about, I think I played about 300 hours of Cold War maybe, maybe no about 500 hours of Cold War actually I'll tell you that so I definitely get my money's worth out of that but if I was just doing campaign, nah God that is a, a long time there's not many games that I've put that much time into like I was saying earlier I think Skyrim's definitely one where I've put easy Four five hundred into it, easy. No chance of putting any less. I've done multiple playthroughs of that. Um, probably, you know, I actually can't think of any other games. Um, close second. Um, we were talking about it very briefly earlier on today. Um, and it's Kingdom Come Deliverance. Now, yeah. you said <laughs> you've looked into this, and it doesn't look like it's for you, do you? That was what I said. Yeah. Yes, that we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> but um, I've played that. I think I think I've played it about four times, and just to do everything, it takes about seventy-three hours just to do a playthrough because it's so not so technical, but everything's so relatively realistic about it yeah. that even the fast travel, you don't click somewhere and it loads in. 
you it brings up the map and a little figure pops up on the map and it travels along the map and if you get uh. stopped halfway it could be a bandit and it takes you out of fast travel and you've got to fight this bandit i see or you could risk it and you press risk or whatever it is and it gives you a chance of escaping but if you do escape sometimes you can get hurt and you'll lose life and you may be bleeding you may have a broken leg that's so you may so die realistic. of like I wounds. think I'd lose patience for it. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. And it's like your food as well, which you revive your health and everything with. It goes off in your... Yeah, like, that kind of stuff back. I just struggle with. <laughs> yeah, it's too it's much not, to think but, about. Then, saying that, there isn't that much micromanaging because if you're smart about it, you don't have food in your backpack. So in every city, usually near every settlement, there's always pots of food. And if every single time you're in a city or near a village, you just go and eat out of that pot of food, your health is always at full. Right. And your hunger is always at full. So you're never hungry. Um, The only thing is to contend with is sleep. So the tireder you are, the worse you are. So like if you're mega tired and you're in a fight with someone, like a sword fight, like you're crap. You can't fight anymore because you're tired, which you would be like in real life. You, You wouldn't win. Oh, yeah, that's that fine. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It's, yeah. it's something I'm sure. Again, I'll get onto it at some point. One day I'm going to coax you onto it. Um, but I'm sure <laughs> one day we'll probably do our favourite games and have a chat about them. Probably Definitely. one day. Definitely. Which would be a nice topic. But anyway, um, that's probably a nice point to end we've gone through all 29 had a big one hour 45 conversation now we did we did originally say that this is going to be about 45 minutes but we've gone an hour (laughs) over that so i think we officially know the length of these podcasts is going to be about an hour and a half Um, (laughs) we'll have to try and condense what we talk about in future (laughs) i mean there isn't a problem with that um like what's the point of doing a podcast if you're not going to talk for ages exactly (laughs) exactly um but anyway, anything that you want to say before we end this? Nothing from me. No, I think we've. I think I'll give my vocal cords a rest for a bit. <laughs> yeah, give them a rest for a week. Um, but anyway, this has been the Babblers Guild. Um, it may not be that. Um, who knows? <laughs> um, but anyway, so there's some music playing right now, which means it's a um, an outro music. Um, I don't know what the music is, but it's playing right now. Um, we'll, we'll see you next time if there is a next time who bloody knows goodbye, goodbye.